people in the Nordics have a relationship with licorice, but we are uh, on a journey to make the whole world love licorice. We really want to show our craftsmanship and the way that we do things. Some of the processes are very handheld. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you look at our jars, you can actually see the person who crafted each product. I think every year we launch around 15 new flavors. When you taste something and you have a really good experience, you mm -hmm. want to share that experience yeah. with someone else. Navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome back to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. You're tuning in to conversations about the latest trend within marketing and social media. And if you're not already subscribed to our podcast channel or YouTube channel, do it. Do it now. <laughs> I love the aggressiveness. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. But it really helps us get all this great content out to more people just like yourself. So let's start today. And I'm very pleased to welcome Patricia Bingle Pillersen, mm -hmm. who Thank is you. the marketing director at La Crise by Bulon. And then, of course, our CEO, Chris Cobbernos by Cupco. By Cupco, <laughs> yes. Cupco. I like that. Chris Cobbernos <laughs> by Cupco. <laughs> I am produced by you guys. Yeah. So, yes, exactly. I'm here as well. Welcome. Welcome so much. Thank yeah. you so much. And uh, first and foremost, can we please have a little bit uh, introduction to you, to you and your work, Patricia? Yeah, so I'm the marketing director at La Cris by Bulon, which is a Danish confectionery brand. I became the marketing director two months ago, so that is still quite new, but wow. I joined the company two years ago. Mm. Uh, before that, I was at uh, Nespresso in Denmark, uh, and I actually started my my career back in high school. Mm. I just didn't know it at the time, but <laughs> I uh, I joined Nespresso when I was 17. Uh -huh. um, and back then it was not a, a brand that anyone knew in Denmark. So my job was actually to stand in, in the first flagship store and open the door to people oh, and yeah. tell them about the brand and the concept okay. from uh, zero, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Wow, okay. yeah. Was that the flagship? Was it up down? Was it by magazine? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was down Custom there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. still there, though. It's still there. Yeah, still yeah there. it moved okay. a, a few doors down, but uh, okay. still there. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And you, you didn't have George Clooney with you? Not at the not at, not the, time. at the time. Yeah, no, okay. that's, uh, so later on ambassadorship, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but that could have been nice, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is George Clooney, and yeah. this is yeah. an espresso. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Great. Mm -hmm. So you started yeah. way back then. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I actually wanted to become a dentist, I thought. Okay. So after high school, I took a two, uh, two gap years. Yeah. And um, while I did those gap years, I just found out how interesting storytelling is and how when you mm. change a word or change the way mm. you phrase something okay. in the in the conversation with people that uh, that really affects the, yeah. the whole the situation. And you don't think you can achieve that as a dentist? <laughs> but <laughs> Change one Maybe. tooth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole smile yeah. changes. Yeah. Okay. There was also something about the chemistry and yeah. biology and stuff like that yeah. that I didn't want to go into. But okay. uh, yeah, that made me uh, want to uh, study communications. Oh, awesome. Which I did. And um, then while I was studying, I started in the marketing uh, department as a student worker at Nespresso, mm. cool. uh, where they were back then only two people. So I had a chance to really work with a lot of things and get my hands uh, into the... The engine room and... Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Very cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any um, surprising learnings you had uh, you had along the way? 
of this career journey? Um, I don't see myself as a career person, so okay. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, I I really just loved the brand yeah. uh, and loved uh, getting it out there and wanted to share my excitement uh, about the brand with people. Uh, I tended to to talk about it to everyone. Um, Great. And yeah, I never really had that clear career path. It just mm. led me to new places and I got to work with a lot of uh, things that I found exciting and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So, but you started in Leclerc Babulo as in PR, right? Or in communications? Or? Uh, I started as a brand activation manager okay. two years ago. And what is a brand activation manager? <clears throat> For those Man, of you who activate don't know. The brand. <laughs> <laughs> activate the brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't. Yeah, um, my bad. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, we're actually not a lot of people uh, working in, in marketing. And, and back when I started, I had one week uh, handover with the previous marketing director before she went on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. So um, we were very few people for around a year and uh, working on uh, accelerating brand awareness, uh, especially in Germany, um, mm -hmm. creating a brand storytelling mm -hmm. uh, outside of the Nordics um, mm -hmm. because uh, we're a licorice company and yeah. uh, people in the Nordics, they have a relationship with licorice. Most people actually tend mm. to love it. We have a strong tradition for it, yeah. but we are uh, on a journey to make the whole world love licorice. Mm. And um, when a you good journey. That's a good, a, good goal. Yeah. 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 It's quite world ambitious. Domination. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's, that's what I found yeah. really interesting yeah. about uh, the company. Um, so, so we're look. We were. I was looking into how to, uh, to create this brand and communication platform that goes beyond just the product. Because when people are not uh, interested in your category, how do you create that interest? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a new category for most of the world. Exactly. Right. They're not used. To, I mean, it's in the can confectionery candy category, but mm. you're right. Licorice is a verse. Distinct, very yeah. distinct. Right? Yes. I mean, most of North America would have this sort of when you say licorice, they might think also like strawberry licorice, exactly. like nibs or or yeah. Twizzlers or something like yeah. that. They wouldn't go with the black licorice. No. Um, I remember having black licorice as a kid because there was Twizzlers black, mm. which was the black licorice, and it was a rare thing. But I remember using it as a straw. To drink soda. Okay. Martin, Martin knows what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, you'd actually like Twizzlers had like a hole through it. Yeah. You yeah. bite one end, bite the other end, and then you'd use it as a straw. And that was quite uh, quite interesting. Sustainable the, as well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The early well, sustainability. I yeah. mean, like, yeah. so, I mean, I don't think a lot of turtles are dying from uh, Twizzlers, so <laughs> I'm probably eating them. <laughs> They're adding to the adding to the ecosystem. But um, yeah, but it is an acquired thing. It's not like flying off the shelves mm. yeah. in North America where I'm from. But, yeah. but Germany's no better. Um, Actually, we say that there is a, a licorice equator running through uh, Germany. Mm. So okay. in the north of Germany, you might like mm. sweet licorice if you're introduced yeah. properly. Uh, you might even like salty licorice. But then mm. uh, south of uh, of this 
equator, um, people just hate licorice. Okay. And that's actually what we see in most parts of the world, that it's mm. it's kind of like cilantro or marmite. Ah, yeah, yeah. You either hate, or, hate it or love it. Yeah, and there's no in between? No, no. There, okay. there are very few people who are indifferent to licorice. Yeah. That's okay, interesting. That's very interesting. Do you guys use that in your marketing at all? Yeah, very much. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's nice. Yeah, because yeah, I think it is. It's a dividing category. It's a exactly. dividing candy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and we are on this mission to make the world love licorice. So whether you hate or love licorice or not, you can you can see that mission as a really absurd one, and you can um, you can yeah. what do you call it? Um, identify it. Yeah, with yeah. it. It's kind of like a David versus Goliath kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's always good. Like, I love marketing. I love products that can be a little divisive mm. right because you kind of need that energy in, in a brand like the coke versus pepsi sort of debate mm. you need enemies you need like two mm. sides of the fence or otherwise yeah. it's like yeah you don't have a universe to play with in some mm -hmm. way so you're lucky in that way but i mean it, it's it's not just it's not that lucky because it's also a huge challenge mm. to get people to try a product like exactly. yours and, yeah. and try to fall in love with the product yeah mm. um so it's it's a difficult task you have mm. but it's an interesting a fun task. one yeah, yeah. It, absolutely I'm, I'm a little jealous can yeah I, <laughs> can we trade <laughs> can, you can you come here for can you come here for a bit be, become can, a licorice ambassador and yes, bring it to the u.s i i would love to i think that actually once you say that it is kind of like you need those things yes you need ambassadors you need people like that are maybe well known in the culture yeah to, that's to advocate very mm. much what we uh, yeah. what we're trying to foster it's yeah. is licorice lovers yeah mm. and to cool. uh, yeah. get them on board on our mission yeah nice share that's the passion idea. yeah for licorice yeah, okay, so. i have one last question regarding your career and mm -hmm. a little bit and then we can dive into more of this licorice universe mm -hmm. but if you have if, do you have any advice for younger people who want to strive to be in the same position as you are, like as a marketing director or to, in general, like to younger Patricia? Hmm. <clears throat> um, <laughs> That's huh. tough. <laughs> Find something that you love doing and that you have fun doing and don't go for a specific position. If mm. you'd asked me six months ago, I didn't want to be a marketing director. Mm. I actually uh, said at my last uh, yearly review that my next career step would not be in the position as marketing director. But when uh, our CEO asked me, uh, my gut feeling just screamed yes. Mm. So uh, you never know awesome. what's gonna happen, and yeah. just don't stress too much about uh, your career. And if you're not in a good place, uh, find out how to work around that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's good that's advice, good. especially nowadays. I think a lot of people are very stressed about mm. their job. You know, if they're yeah. not getting that new promotion every six months, they're like, "What's mm. wrong with me?" And it's yeah. like, mm. chill. It'll yeah, come exactly, like yeah. when it's right, it's right. And I yeah. think that's a it's a very good advice. Mm. Yeah. Solid. And can we have a little bit more introduction to uh, Le Creuse Babulon, the yes. brand, like your factory and you know what uh, the yes. brand is. So if we start from the beginning, um, we are founded by uh, Johan Bulon, mm. who um, grew up on the island on, of Bonholm. So those of you uh, who uh, know Denmark knows that it's very different than the rest of uh, Denmark. It's a small island, which is very rocky and quite beautiful and a holiday destination to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And he comes from a family of entrepreneurs um, and 
always knew that he wanted to create something special himself. And when he was uh, in his early 20s, uh, he was looking at, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to, to make special? And he had an uncle who did uh, hard work candy, and he was very inspired by that whole um, storytelling and the, the way that you, that you make it in the shop and people could smell it and mm. walk by and mm-hmm. were into that crafty um, thing. And he also liked licorice, which back then was mostly something that you would buy in the supermarket uh, and and enjoy as a Friday night candy. Um, But he wanted to take it to the next level. So kind of like you've seen within the chocolate uh, industry. Mm. So using uh, the best quality ingredients and the best crafting methods. So he moved back into his mother's kitchen um on Bonham mm-hmm. and he spent a whole year just uh trying to come up with the perfect recipe um and once he did that he opened the shop uh as a small shop in his mother's um <laughs> store on Bonham okay and within the first two hours uh, everything was sold out um and Amazing. that was just because uh, of sampling and that people saw that something was happening in mm. the store mm. um then he it, it became a major success quite uh, early on so making a uh, licorice from from these high quality ingredients and, and giving it a, a totally unique flavor mm. then production moved to copenhagen uh, where in 2009 uh, he decided to also try and coat this uh, new licorice in uh, chocolate Mm. And that's really what's been the game changer. Yeah. So okay, uh, okay, I level. didn't even know yeah. that it started yeah, off started without the coating. It started licorice. with pure licorice. Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. very interesting. Mm. How how big is the factory in uh, in Copenhagen now? Then <clears throat> uh, it's the only one. It's the only one. Okay. Yeah. So everything that we produce, we produce uh, outside Copenhagen on our licorice factory in Vlaar, which is actually open to, to the public, so everyone can, can come and visit. Company trip? Yes. <laughs> You're very Everyone's welcome. Everyone's saying yes, yeah. so I guess I gotta <laughs> yeah. say yes. It's, it's, uh, it's a very special experience uh, to, yeah. to taste warm licorice mm. coming straight out of, uh, yeah, of the I production yeah, i love that i love yeah. that okay, already, <laughs> what time is it uh, yeah. get the next train yeah, yeah. yeah. okay good no, we really want to show our craftsmanship and the way that we do things um and and one of the things that that we also want to do is also to be different than the rest of the industry mm. so usually when you have a factory and you have new product development you would uh, close that off in a small room and mm. only two people have uh, the key and there's also right. a safe and a lock and you Very can't secretive. see the reci- recipe and you wouldn't know what's what the next flavor is going to be and it mm. has a project x named uh, <laughs> yeah. but what we did instead is mm. that our creative lab where we develop our new uh, flavors we put a window into it and then when people come by our factory we offer them samples of what mm. whatever we're working on um, so a little bit of market testing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay, awesome. Has there been ones that you're like have just bombed? Like Any flavors? Fat flavors that were just like we should definitely. Never do. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a, yeah. So no. I think every year we launch around 15 new flavors. Oh really? Uh, yeah, okay, we just can't stop. <laughs> okay, that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah and and yeah. and it's. You, we get ideas from all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so the latest food trends, right? Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Like uh, cilantro. 
Cilantro version? Not sure if I've seen cilantro. <laughs> Speaking of they divisive, severely yeah. divisive cilantro licorice. No? Okay, Martin says no. All probably right. probably we have done it. You like cilantro? Do not. You yeah. do not, okay. Yeah, but it didn't pass the innovation test. No, like, okay, no. Okay. The, market can't, the market is not ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Trying to think of, of one that... No. Bomb. There are a lot of so s at one point um, we tested out uh, goat cheese. Okay. So I think that one is. is that sounds. I like haven't it tried it. Also <laughs> That's also very also divisive. Very divisive. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is like Willy Wonka's factory. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like weird flavors going out the door. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I do think it's it's. I mean, it's kind of what you have to do now with products. You have to innovate. You have to, mm. you have to try new things. Mm. Otherwise, that's why you see Pepsi Mango and Pepsi. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. and also like the different flavors of energy drinks. There's like thousands. Right? Really? So, yeah. Do they all taste different? They do. Yeah, I they, it was and they're also con did. they're just. You also see this in the makeup industry. Yeah. Mm. You see this in so many industries. The the level of innovation. Is gone through the roof mm. because mm. the novelty or the newness mm. is what people attract to. True, yeah. Right, so limited edition and a yeah, new drop. yeah, new yeah. drops. Like that's why there's sneakers. Like when I was a kid, there was like maybe three or four new sneakers coming mm. out every year. Now it's like each brand has thirty new secrets. There's sneakers coming out, right? Yeah. And it's like, and if you're not innovating on that level, then you yeah. kind of get lost. Mm. So I think you guys are mm. probably doing the right thing. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, I mean, different markets and combinations, is mm. there, um, you guys definitely want to be in more markets, conquer more markets, for instance, Germany, yes. et cetera. Do you have specific strategies when you try to conquer a new uh, new t territory? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, sampling, just yeah. send sampling. them samples. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually yeah. uh, not wrong. It's yeah. We've been built on sampling. Uh, we usually say that we didn't spend uh, any uh, budget on marketing for many, many years before we had a marketing... Uh, department but that's not true because mm. we sampled uh, heavily and we yeah. still mm. do that uh, because that's the thing about uh, innovative products is that when you taste something and you have a really good experience you mm. want to share that experience yeah. with someone else mm. um, so that's very much what what we've been built on and it's very much also how we uh, build our future um, and we sell our products through uh, our own retail uh, mm, where yeah. we have around 30 stores uh, mm. in seven different markets wow. then we have an online shop where we also sell the products and then we also work with uh, third-party resellers yeah. so that could be big department stores mm. or small uh, delicacy shops or flower shops oh, okay. flower shops oh yeah mm. they might send so us a, a gift, package yeah. 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 we're cool. in a uh, quite interesting space in the premium confectionery market because usually premium confectionery is something that you buy for others as a gift mm. right but uh, we see that our customers it's around 50 percent self-consumption and 50 okay. percent uh, gifting so you okay. all you b both buy it for yourself because you want to try the new flavor yeah. but you also want to give it as a gift mm. yeah that makes sense okay that's very interesting is there any have you seen anything unusual with when uh, when you try to go into these different markets? For instance, like is Dubai any different than uh, in Germany, or mm. do you guys can you guys I I implement the same strategy? 
example in yeah. for instance um yeah definitely it's different uh from market to market we started in the nordics uh, and have quite high brand awareness mm. in in the nordics and we don't have to explain our product because people know what licorice is and they tend to know that they like it so when we go outside of the nordics we or we don't so we we need to um to position ourselves differently just to encourage trial so the first yeah. taste is is extremely important for us um and this is done through through sampling mm. um and also explaining what licorice is and and what this tradition is because licorice is not confectionery it's a it's actually a root mm. and then in the nordics uh, we have Uh, yeah, highly developed uh, tradition of of using it for confectionery. Mm. In the Middle East, uh, you take the licorice root and you grind it into uh, and you make it uh, as a tea during Ramadan, mm. because it's it it's um it's a very very sweet root. It's 50 times sweeter than sugar, so you have a totally different relationship okay. with with licorice root in mm. in uh, the Middle East. It's part of a religious But, ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then in in China, for example, it's used for traditional medicine. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. And then then in in the U.S., uh, you you mentioned the red licorice, but red licorice actually doesn't contain any no. licorice root. Doesn't even so taste like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's some weird. It's like strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it's it's very centered on licorice the way yeah. that we mm. go into it and we try to use licorice as our advantage and not our disadvantage um because we're trying to build our own category within chocolate mm. and here our our core is licorice uh, and and that's something that helps us but it's also to our disadvantage yeah. exactly because of the re yeah. the fact that people think they don't like licorice yeah do you guys use like the danish heritage a lot because i can imagine like things all things danish have become quite mm. popular does that help you guys or do you think that it does definitely yeah. uh okay. we're also very much a design brand so we yeah. we uh, spend a lot of time on the packaging of the products mm. and the way that they're presented especially mm. uh, when people want to give them as a gift yeah mm -hmm. um and here danish design is is of course something yeah. that that uh, that we play on mm. um And especially with tourists that are visiting Copenhagen, you can't take a designer chair with you back home, but you can bring a jar of uh, of Danish licorice. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got a unique position there because I think oftentimes when I'm going on a business trip, I'll grab the Kreis mm. Babulo and bring yeah. that because yeah. it is mm. easier to bring and it's you know shareable and it's mm. something that you know can it be looks a thought premium. <clears throat> yeah, it looks premium it is premium and it also mm. is like a thing that people can try yeah and they can decide and it is like hey try this this is a danish mm. delicacy if you want to call yeah. it that mm. right and then they go oh okay so it, it really it does work mm. extremely well and i think it was a really brilliant move for you guys to go in the airport mm. because it just it fits so well with that yeah. idea yeah right? exactly so cool mm. yeah. so You mentioned a lot about sampling, this physical element to your marketing yeah. strategy. But how do you unify that with the digital journey you guys also have? Mm. Like it is, you, you have your own uh, website and everything. How do you give your customers that unified experience or correlation between the physical and the digital space? Um, They digitally sample. They yeah. send <laughs> we actually do. 3D samples. No, we actually do. We uh, Last year... Um, 
uh, about a year ago, we launched a big campaign called Shared with a Hater, mm -hmm. where uh, everyone can sign up to get a free sample uh, of licorice. Really? Uh, as long as they promise to share it with someone who hates licorice. That's fun. Yeah, so That's it's really kind of cool a bringing campaign. people on board on our yeah. mission to to make the world love licorice. Mm -hmm. And and in terms of uh, uh, channel, uh, here it's mostly, uh, it's a lot about content and creating a no doubt experience so mm -hmm. that you're not, so if you see uh, a piece of uh, a social media ad uh, or another piece of content for us, or if you see our brand in, mm -hmm. In a in a reseller store or partner store, you would always know that it's it's our brand. Mm. Yeah, cool. Is there any challenges within that uh, branding when you guys do establish yourself as a premium brand? Like, it, does that affect? How does that affect your uh, your content? The the look, the quality of it. Like, it's a can it be authentic still? Or has mm. it have you know a very strict? We need to digitally also look very premium, and that sets certain mm. requirements for the content, right? So with everything we do, and that just comes down to the beginning of the of the creation of the company, we wanted to challenge the way things are done, and we want everything to be done in our way, and mm. make sure that it's uh, it's our unique way of doing things, and and that's our approach to everything we do. We always uh, have the mantra that it should be no doubt, um, that you shouldn't be in doubt that it's it's our brand, okay, uh, which is sometimes extremely challenging mm. uh, because how do you how do you create a, a social media ad that that can't be duplicated but also still works with the platform that you're on um, and that's something that we're constantly uh, being inspired by and and yeah challenging ourselves mm. with yeah i think it's difficult but i think you're i mean you're in a position that a lot of brands are in which is how do we be unique mm. while still exploring? Because it is like, for example, we take Nike or yeah, we take Nike. We can just scroll through the Instagram feed and just see like, there's just, there's a spirit there, mm. but it is all over the place. It's like, yeah. and it's not just by department. Like a lot <clears throat> of people argue, well, that's, you know, but they have separate departments for mm. Nike golf, Nike yeah. skateboarding. So they've got separate profiles, but if you go to Nike holistically, mm. like it's just, it's all over the map, mm. but you can still feel this spirit of what that brand is in there. Mm. And I think that's, cause it's also being going back to like new products. It also has to be new content, new yeah. idea, new ways of doing content. Mm. Um, so I, I agree with you. Like it's a big struggle for brands um, to be relevant, to be new, to be fresh, while still maintaining the brand spirit the brand spirit yeah. and yeah. that's and and i mean i don't think it necessarily has to fall down to design mm. there's something else it yeah. has to mm. it's something intangible and something yeah. and i think that's also why you see a lot of brands hiring creative directors now mm. like the creative director role is somewhat new at a brand but that's essentially their job they're trying to find that spirit mm, trying exactly. to find that tone yeah. of voice yeah 
and make sure that it, it hits on every mm. level. Mm. That's also why I think a lot of brands are hesitant when exploring new channels, right? Because they are afraid of, let's say TikTok. TikTok. Mm. I think a lot of brands would be afraid of losing losing their voice if they enter in the world of TikTok. Because then like, okay, mm. this is not how we present ourselves on Instagram. And how do we yeah. then tap into this and not, yeah. you know, lose the premium look? And it has to be, you know, very authentic and lo-fi mm. production. And how do we communicate ourselves on that channel? Yeah. Yeah, that is the that is the challenge, mm. right? Yeah. So Yeah, but it's also kind of a way of redefining what luxury is and mm. premiumness mm. is and I think a lot of things are happening in the world these years that is, are redefining this uh, luxury category. So it's about 100%. slowing time, slowing down, it's about uh, less but better quality mm. and taking care of of the environment and the world around you. Um, mm. And I think uh, we have, have done a lot uh, within the past years, especially to to um, um, adapt to that, uh, that mentality yeah. and trend. Mm. I'm curious to know, is there any difference when you communicate? You have touch points with both B2B and then, of course, B2C, but in mm. your in your marketing strategy, when you sample and et cetera, is there any specific difference so per market or uh, per audience i guess like uh b2b yeah, b2c to a retailer, mm, yeah if you go to the consumer we're trying to uh, make it as uh, similar as possible um or as um identifiable as possible so work with kind of a lighthouse and you know the Okay, the best case would be it looks like this. How do we uh, duplicate that in the different channels? And one of the things that we're, um, one of our main assets here is our factory. Mm. Uh, and we really want to, to also show that more in, in the content that we produce because mm. it's, it's a big driver for people in, uh, in, in confectionery. It's, it's uh, the craftsmanship in the products. Yeah, mm. the behind um, the scenes. Yeah. yeah. And and that's uh, also very unique to to our company and our brand is our factory. It's it's really uh, it's quite unique and it's it's almost a shame to call it a factory because mm. some of the processes are very handheld. Uh, mm. So if you look at our jars, you can actually see the person who crafted each product. Their name will be on the jars. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's uh, quite unique. So it's like a yeah. work, workshop. I don't know. Yeah, you could could call it a, a workshop okay very interesting do you um what what channels have you guys uh what channels are you are you on and what channels have you experienced is the most efficient when you are to reach your audience <clears throat> um we're on f- uh, facebook instagram uh, linkedin twitter tiktok okay. we just started um facebook we actually have a facebook group uh, of diehard licorice okay. fans which is the most positive place on earth it's called like Chris lovers lab and it's we have uh, more than ten thousand people who are interacting wow. daily uh, okay. and they're they are bigger fans than i would almost say we are they know more about the brand than than a lot of people who have been in the company since the beginning wow okay uh, um that's a that's a, i mean that's an asset <laughs> it's a major asset yeah. and we also uh, are of course, uh, investing our own resources and keeping it a really nice yeah. community and engaging in dialogue with everyone and also yeah. um, giving them some more insights on behind the scenes. Mm. And yeah, 
so it's that. almost like vips when you're like yeah. in that group okay but you need that i mean you need diehard fans i think mm. that's the difficult thing for a lot of brands to actually develop that I yeah mean, um we had um the marketing director for fc co on mm. we also had the marketing director for bonby mm. no no uh, yeah. uh, astralis astralis oh, no yeah. we also and then we're gonna have isn't it we're gonna have the marketing anyway it doesn't matter it's um <laughs> it's just to say that like having that unique uh ability to tap into a fan base mm. is very mm. cool and i yeah. think it's a it's a, something that brands want to have Mm. Um, so it's it's nice that you guys have it. Um, how do you actually manage that community? Like, what do you guys do? You guys post daily there as well, or do you sort of let it run on its own? Um, both things. So on a daily basis, people are interacting with each other, like posting pictures of uh, what they bought or how they're reusing the jars for something different. Or mm. okay, so do they only communicate your products? I'm just yeah. curious. Okay, yeah. okay. So they're diehard La Cris by Bulo fans. Oh, okay. um, but then we also, uh, at least on a weekly basis, make sure that we uh, let them know before everyone else if there's a new okay. variety coming out or if we're testing something in the lab and mm-hmm. want their opinion on mm-hmm. whether it should be this color or that color. Like when we're um, creating the launches or product uh, ca- yeah. launches for next year, uh, which what color should we go with? Which word sounds better? Something like that. That's cool. You're engaging them to make your product mm. and to to make the branding. That's, I mean, that's brilliant. I think that's yeah. exactly what you should do. Mm. So congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess that's also why they stay fans because then yeah. you feel like when they see that in the stores, mm. like okay, I was a part of making that product exactly. almost, right? Yeah. That's uh, that's nice. Mm. Do you ever do like um, uh what's it called like the specifically designed products with uh like coca-cola has with uh, people's names do you guys do those like dedicated Mm. initials of products we had a competition a few years ago where we dedicated one product for uh someone who came up with the idea um but Mm. no i don't think we've you can make one called la chris i'll take that Say it. Like Chris. Oh my god, yeah. that's genius. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> let's 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 drive by the laugh. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make it like Chris. Yeah. Yes. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, love guys. It. I'm in marketing. Okay. Like, what can I do? It's, it I can't turn it off. Okay. Oh it's god. just it's on. It's on all the time. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's uh, amazing about community, though, that mm. you guys actually activate them. Um, I want to circle back to uh, to TikTok then, because yes. it's also, no, without a doubt, a big place platform to uh, engage a community or actually build a community. Mm. So, have you explored? Have you experienced, you know, launching on TikTok compared to the other platforms you're on? Um, how, how did you guys launch it? Was it yeah, it, yearly? <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was around April this year. Um, and we had been circling back and forth uh, in with my colleagues and I. Do we do this? Should we do this? Uh, how does a premium brand launch on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the right audience? Uh, and then... We had a meeting with the uh, with some people from TikTok, and they were just like, "Do it, do it, do it." <laughs> of course, no. <laughs> and then we thought, "Okay, let's uh, let's test it out and test and learn." And uh, it fit very well with 
the way that we wanted to take the brand uh, so to be a little less polished and a bit more fun and mm-hmm. um, show people a bit more of what's going on behind the scenes um, and uh, yeah we are still in I would say in a test and learn phase and yeah. having having fun with it learn. yeah yeah it's like what works for like we're in lab with all clients I think every client that we work with needs an updated strategy every mm. quarter yeah because mm. it is like it's changing rapidly and, mm. and also yeah. that going back to that new thing it's like okay we've done this now we have to do something new right mm. so um so it's good i mean yeah. keep on test and learn yeah don't yeah. ever get out of that mode. no no of course not no, have you so. seen anything perform like significantly when you have viral yeah. viral hits why yeah. um uh i think what what our learning is so far is uh, the sounds are extremely important mm. and also uh, being colorful. Um, mm. Like is in the color palette of the video. Yeah. Oh, okay, grabbing attention. Yeah. yeah. So one of uh, my our first viral video was a, a, a test product in our Lacris Lovers uh, test um, product launch, um, which is called Birthday Cake. Mm. And then we had a fun uh, video with a very bright pink background and some sprinkles coming down, and it was a remix of Fifty Cent's uh, Candy Shop. Called? No, okay. Is uh, that the name? No, you're thinking. No, the um, b- birthday. Yeah. yeah. What is that even called? That song. What's I, I just birthday? immediately thought Candy Shop, but that, that's. Do you know what? Which one? <laughs> yeah, I know which one you're I'm talking not, about. I'm they not always play it on my birthday. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing hey, it. Shorty, yeah, exactly. It's your ah, okay. I'm gonna party yeah. like it's your birthday. <laughs> Please mute that. In the uh, we're gonna get sued. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that works. That worked, and it and we could really see that we got broad reach, and people from all over the world were like, "What? What is this?" this? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's amazing. So um, birthday cake works. Yeah. And songs. So when we yeah have a bit of fun. Uh, yeah with the brand and and allow ourselves to be very playful that that's that works well so how are you producing that are you getting like some people internally to make all that and yeah okay we do all uh actually everything in-house uh everything creatively so uh, so you have a pretty large team then i guess no actually not uh our founder uh, johan below is still the he's the creative director um then we do all product development of course in-house we have a a design team who are designing all the labels Mm. and Mm. campaigns and marketing materials and then we have a visual content creator who's doing an amazing job of creating uh, all video and and photo in-house great nice Hmm? what about the uh, but have you seen can you can you use reuse the the content you have on other platforms or on TikTok or do you and vice versa do you use a lot of repurpose a lot of your TikTok content on other platforms what's uh, the um, synergy there if we you- try it's so we use some of the the content we create for other platforms on TikTok uh, and and I would say in terms of paid TikTok is is not a, a big uh, channel for us. It's it's basically Facebook and Instagram where we spend most of our uh, budget. Mm. Um, so of course our content, our premium content is created for those platforms. Um, but then the our social media and community coordinator is also creating her own videos just mm. using an iPhone and uh, testing that out. Mm. So Smart. and but we haven't I don't think we reuse that on on other channels. 
they yeah. also have different roles are um, your our channels. social media yeah. channels yeah so it gets to be its own personality TikTok. yeah it's, it's more of a behind the scenes type of thing where we're a bit more playful and yeah nice um i want to end um with a future outlook mm-hmm. so where do you see the industry is is headed uh, in a confectionery Mm, I hope to see um, a lot more uh, responsibility uh, when it comes to both packaging and uh, trying to eliminate food waste, um, taking responsibility of of the entire supply chain. Um, Also in terms of gifting to use less packaging Mm -hmm. because when you want to give someone a gift you want it to look like a lot with as uh, as low a budget as possible so trying to yeah to um to limit that yeah sustainable yeah in that sense um where do i see the industry going that's fair do you see um, yeah is there any is there anything in terms of marketing that you see opportunities within your guys's vision i think to to me uh and i actually don't have a marketing background my background is communication so for me it's always been about storytelling and telling the great stories and uh, usually the great stories are there to tell and if not then create those great stories (laughs) and in some way it's about being honest and transparent in in the communication and uh, involving and consumers in into your brand uh, i think that makes it fun for me at least to mm. work with marketing definitely okay so here we have it guys <laughs> marketing from patricia winkel pedersen the marketing director of la crispa Bülow. thank you for tuning in and uh, i'll see you for the next one thanks guys bye see you bye. this has been the social media sucks podcast